I mean, Joe Burrow just said it, like yeah. the Super Bowl, right? Uh-huh. They're like one thing to tell like younger athletes, like don't worry about social media. Basically, don't worry about social media. Yeah. Work hard behind closed doors yeah. and make it show on the field. And that's basically all it is. You know, you go to see like people posting workout videos, like off-season videos, and like. Yeah. And it's hard because like people are like oh like they're working hard like that's good you know but it's that's not that's how not life reality. works yeah. Yeah. yeah it doesn't like all the hard work is not pretty yeah it's not it's, it's not pretty at all sometimes yes. it's not even worth posting on social <laughs> yeah. media because that's, you're just dying on yeah. the field and like you're just dead that's and it's so you're funny, not even yeah. gonna post that like yeah. it's just you're yeah. not gonna win a Super Bowl by like crushing this workout and not sweating yeah you know like it's just so. Yeah. I don't know. It's tough and it's frustrating because yeah. you see, you. I've definitely played with people, you know, and, and even if they're like better than me too, it's just it's frustrating to see someone yeah. so obsessed with that. And you know, it's okay to like gain followers, but like, welcome to the HNL Movement Podcast, where everything is geared to leveling up your performance in activities, sports, and life. Join me in my professional journey as I share my knowledge and experiences while also learning from professionals, colleagues, clients, and you with one goal in mind, how to optimize human performance. This is the right place to learn how a multidimensional approach will sustain the performance and lifestyle you desire. Welcome back everyone to the HNL Movement Podcast. Thank you for tuning in for another episode. For any of my new listeners out there, you're in the right place to hear about everything that deals with optimizing human performance. And for all of my returning listeners, thank you again for joining for another week. For everyone, check out the previous library of episodes. You can find them on all of your favorite podcasting platforms. Be sure to rate, leave a helpful review, and spread the word to help with the growth of the podcast. And as I've been sharing, check out my YouTube channel. I'm putting up video highlight clips of all of the previous episodes. You can check out some of that great video content that matches what you're listening to on the podcast. And as always, if you have any feedback, any topics that you would like to hear, any even potential guests that you would like to hear, please feel free to share them with me. You can contact me on social media or you can email me through my website as well. Let's jump straight into today's episode and it is round number two for this guest. I can't believe it's been this long since the first episode. So no other than Kupono Fei is back on the podcast and we have a lot of great things to talk about and share in this episode. But it's been a while since he's been on. It was episode number 35 with Kupono Fei. So check that out to hear his story, all of the great things that he's done throughout his career, and even how his mural in Stan Share Center came to fruition. So listen in on that episode. But today, what we're going to talk about is how all of his lessons and things that he's been through, experiences through sports, how does that translate for not only him, but any athlete? How does that translate into life? into your professional environment, when you have to start to work, into paying it forward, helping coaching younger athletes. How do all of these life lessons that we learn through sports make a big impact on the rest of your life? So that's what we're talking about today. I don't want to spoil too much of it. There's a lot of great topics that we discuss and it's always fun talking to Kupono. So with that, let's jump straight into this episode. Listen in and enjoy. Welcome back everyone to the H&L Movement Podcast. I'm excited because this is the first part two episode. So we had this guest on, we're just talking about it. I can't believe how fast time flew by because your episode was released in September of 2020. 
and now we're in <laughs> almost March. Well, this will probably be released in March 2022. Yeah. And it's crazy how much time has flown by, but how we're in such different places too. But you need no introduction. People check out your first episode. Welcome back, Kupono Fei, to the podcast. Thanks, Andrew. Thanks for having me. Yes. Yeah. So there's so many things that we're going to talk about. Um, I encourage again everyone if they want to hear your story, the awesome story, the mural and stand sheriff, you know, all of those <laughs> things that you've accomplished and went on to play uh, professional volleyball overseas. And then, you know, when we were talking last, you were trying to rehab your shoulder. Right. Yeah. Give it one last shot. Why don't you share a little bit about that for people that didn't check out the first episode? But you know, yeah, gave a whole probably like six months taking yeah. care of your shoulders just to you know get one last shot so you can go out on your own terms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's exactly what we were talking about last time. Going out on our own terms. Shoulder feels good. Mm-hmm. Um, still play beach. Still play vo- indoor volleyball. Like still do everything. Sometimes it just gets tight, you know. Mm-hmm. But uh, no, yeah, we rehab for what, for six months. Probably probably around six months. Longer, yeah. um, went to Greece, mm-hmm. signed like a it's like a six month contract after mm-hmm. Christmas, right? End up going over there. You know, it wasn't like my strongest. wasn't like super hundred percent probably, um, and they kind of maybe recognized that. But the plan was to go over there. Mm-hmm. Um, two outsides were injured. They had injuries. Go over there, um, kind of fill in. Um, get some get some game film. Hopefully, you sign a good contract for the next year. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, go over there. Basically, we get COVID. <laughs> the whole league gets COVID. Yeah, yeah. The whole league shuts down. Quarantine for 14 days um, in your apartment alone. By the way, it's beautiful. Greece mm-hmm. is beautiful. I had like a bedroom window. Like we we're on an island. Mm-hmm. Our team was on an island. Um, but uh, those two guys ended up healing. <laughs> I didn't really get to play. And then I didn't know about the foreigner rule. Um, that you had to have like three foreigners suit up for the game and uh, you know since I just got there I'd be literally like off the court Mm -hmm. and I didn't have a chance to like prove even if we're losing so that was a struggle but um, glad I did it glad we had the rehab the shoulder and like glad we moved on glad we're happy right now just have a life right now and I think you just needed to have that opportunity because even though you know COVID hit and the team got COVID and all those things happened um, you did send me some you know practice video practice film and stuff and Mm -hmm. you know I think at that stage in the game you did all the work and you could actually compete like I think you could show yourself that oh yeah I I was playing a couple games and handling well and obviously everything and all the other skills are fine and sometimes that's I mean, that's with any profession, I feel like, but especially yeah. professional sports, sometimes it's out of your control, right? Because yeah. they've invested money in other other players, a lot yeah. of other situations, you know, yeah. kind of factor into what's going to play out or how the season is going to play yeah. out. But the one good thing is that, I mean, this is what I like to, you know, hear from you guys is that, okay, you got there, you yeah. gave it your best shot, you could actually practice and granted it didn't quite play out, but explain... I know it was tough because you were quarantining yeah. and then, you know, you had a lot of things to think about. But explain where you were at if you go back to the end of that season, coming mm-hmm. back home. What were some of the thoughts and yeah, there was factors just, into these decisions? Yeah, There's so much going on with uh, that I was thinking about. So many factors like you're talking about. Um, it definitely wasn't just the shoulder. Mm-hmm. You know, it definitely wasn't just the shoulder. I didn't want to just go out because the injury and you can always rehab can always come back stronger can always do that but it basically came down to like 
you know, money, time, age, just a bunch of stuff. You know, I was sitting down with like my parents, my girlfriend, my cousin, Micah, just talking to them. I remember being in California and then my agent too, like, Mm -hmm. hey, like Greece was great and all, but you know, if I, if I'm just gonna, you know, your shoulders like the only thing, you're like a pitcher, right? Like that's like the main thing you get sold on and everyone sees film. I definitely could have put in two more years, three more years, mm-hmm. and got my got my shoulder to full strength mm-hmm. for sure, like one thousand percent. But then I'll be like thirty years old, and like, do I want to just like start getting my like just get my career back and build myself back to where I just was mm-hmm. in my athletic career, like trying to fight for having good seasons, working my way back up to top, getting on top teams, signing good contracts, and I'll just be there in three years. So I was just like, ah, maybe we just. I told my agent. You know, if there's not like an amazing offer, mm-hmm. I'm probably just gonna quit. You know, or I'll probably retire. And my agent actually came through and actually made an amazing offer. Okay. So I, yeah, my and what people don't really know is he actually got me like it was like the fourth outside spot at Modena, which is where my cousin played, which is oh, probably like it. the top three, four team mm-hmm. in Italy. Got it. And it was like one of my dreams to be on that team and to play with okay. him. And he actually did it. He actually got me a contract. And then Mike actually signed with uh, in Russia. Yep. So I wouldn't yeah. even be playing with him. And if he was playing there, frick, I might have, <laughs> I might have signed. I probably would have signed if he was still there. But he went to Russia. But it was just a whole thing. And I'm, my agent actually came through. But yep. so it made the decision even harder. Yeah. Because if I got like some poor contract in like some third world country oh, or, or second world, you know what I mean? Like yep. I would have just been like, no, I'm okay. Yep. But it's he actually. Crazy how timing sometimes too like yeah you know it's and i think for you and for a lot of athletes going through the past couple of years covid really threw a wrench in everything right yeah kind of did yeah but you know unfortunately i mean you know it didn't work out and Micah wasn't at that same team and yeah that would have been really it would cool, been cool. Yeah. i've never played with him before <laughs> yeah. in high school or college or anything that's so true I i've always wanted to play with him and he was kind of bummed too because <laughs> he already signed and then they wanted to sign me I was like, so oh how gosh. soon after you came back did that come to fruition um did that come back here yeah maybe like a few weeks oh okay yeah oh, I, I, mean, I was I've been thinking about it a lot especially yeah. when I was in Greece and stuff like got it yeah. so I mean it's for the better you know sometimes oh, yeah. in the moment you yeah. can't see yeah. what's gonna come a lot of uncertainty mm-hmm. but I mean, I think you looking back on it now, you're happy still that you yeah. didn't take that um, offer and you're kind of moving on. Was it difficult for you to transition just back into <laughs> the real world, I guess? Um, maybe yes and no. Yes okay. and no. I mean, well, it was nice that I was quick. Uh, I had a en- civil engineering degree. Mm-hmm. I applied to like 10 different uh, construction companies, basically. Uh, one of my good friends his dad well to his father works at nan inc um shout out to him and to the company yeah. but they ended up hiring me pretty quickly after i sent an application and then i was hired pretty fast so that was pretty nice so i wasn't employed unemployed for that long yes. which was nice um as for the transition part i was at stuck at an office desk uh for anyone who doesn't know i'm a project engineer at a construction company now and for the first four months i was at like the learning the the paperwork side like learning that side of the the job so i was at a desk for like four months and i'm like like this is all i gotta do it's like i just gotta sit here and like answer emails and i'll get paid like i don't have to like go work out and push my body to like it's maximum the physical side yeah it's maximum like abilities every single day like all i just gotta do is answer emails and 
like you know what i mean that's kind of yeah. where my head was at yeah not saying it's hard or anything mm-hmm. not stressful at times but um that's kind of where i was my head was yeah. at and now i'm at i'm happy to be at a project site now and getting to be like in in and out of the office so i'm really happy with that yeah oh that's good yeah, yeah so when you're you know and i think the good thing is that things kind of you had options and you got to choose what yeah. you thought would be best for your future yeah and i think that's always a good way to you know kind of end your career or retire from mm-hmm. volleyball and yeah. you still get to play recreationally coach yeah. and all of that so yeah. we'll talk about that at the end of the episode but i thought what would be very fitting for this episode for mm-hmm. current athletes but also athletes that have are at the tail end of their career or maybe just recently retired yeah we we're talking about how you don't realize how many lessons life lessons you've learned yeah. through athletics that apply to pretty much everything so yeah when you kind of think about that, I'll leave it open for you, but how has your volleyball career, everything that you've gone through since, I know you started playing like competitive club at 15, but even yeah. before that, you were playing all these sports, right? Mm-hmm. How has all of those things translated to make this transition into being a project engineer actually yeah. kind of seamless? Yeah, I was just, I mean, I was just thinking about it the other day and uh, there's so much that, that you kind of learn through it without being taught. And you kind of, you have coworkers and stuff who, who weren't athletes and you kind of see kind of that they haven't learned that skill yet or they haven't gone through that yet. And it's kind of interesting just because I'm a project engineer and engineering is a lot of math, but mainly it's project management. It's just all communication, mm-hmm. you know, so being like in a team, having, working with guys, working with a foreman, working with workers, working with coworkers, you know, and like seeing some people who like aren't good at communicating who can't speak up in a, in a meeting or or who just can't work well with others mm-hmm. like you're, you're always gonna have like that coach that's just like old school right <laughs> yeah and like you just learn like you have to go through it like yeah. you just, he's just an old school coach like <laughs> yeah. and you just accept it right yeah. but people are like oh he's mean or something like that you just kind of have to mm-hmm. you know accept that part's out of your control too and you have to learn how to work with different people everyone's different everyone handles it differently mm-hmm or processes things differently. So having to work with different people with different personalities. Yeah. Like, it's just like the major thing. I think. Yeah, like, I guess, you know, thinking about that too, there's so many different experiences that you've been put into through yeah. sports. Sports was just a vehicle. Yeah. And some of that is, you know, maybe dealing with difficult personalities or difficult coaches yeah. or how to still work together as a team mm-hmm. to accomplish the one goal, right? Like yeah. even if, even th- if things are rocky or rough, mm-hmm. you still are trying to work together to win games or win a championship. Yeah. And in the workforce too, it's kind of the same thing. You all have to work together to accomplish a certain make goal. some money. <laughs> and when you talk about this too, so let's branch off on a little tangent. But this is an interesting idea or something to talk about. Yeah. Is like talk about coaches that you've had too. Like what yeah. are because coaches. They're kind of like in the real world, like managers or leaders mm-hmm. or someone that's taking that lead role to yeah. kind of direct the direction of where you want to head, right? Yeah. So think about in sports, what are some of the things that you gravitated towards from your coaches or maybe even the other side? We don't have yeah. to mention any names, but yeah. coaches that were not you know, so good at yeah. grabbing you or relating to, right? Mm-hmm. What were some of these qualities of good or bad coaches that you've experienced? Well, I've always remembered this one saying, he was a USC coach, Jeff Nygaard, and he's saying there's no such thing as a bad coach. 
like even your worst and worst of coaches you're always learning something yes. whether it's patience whether <laughs> you know anything yeah, anything and i've always thought about that a lot um since i was in high school um you know going through uh going overseas overseas is more of a team manager aspect instead of a coach they don't really teach you skills they just kind of manage personalities and players um but just kind of learning how to work with each coach um is a huge part like how to communicate like coach what are you what do you like every every coach has a different style too coaching yeah. style but also play style like how they want the team to play so trying to figure that out like hey coach what am i doing wrong what can i do better and being able to communicate that with them to get on the court mm-hmm. is something that uh people you need to pick up quickly too yeah. you can't just be like the best player ever <laughs> and like it's not that easy yeah. like even though the skills are all there like Yes. the coaches it's just not that easy to get on the court yeah definitely yeah and there are a lot of personalities and styles of coaching and you know it's not always going to be the most i guess seamless yeah. transition or the easiest easiest relationship right between a player and a coach yeah and now kind of switch your switch your gears put on your coaching hat right mm-hmm. thinking of trying to coach now younger players right yeah. and you being a player yourself what are some things that make the player or you more coachable right because that's the yeah. other thing too like you can blame everything on like okay this coach doesn't get me or isn't helping me or whatever yeah but sometimes it's on us too to actually okay let's see what they're looking for or what they want from us yeah so that we can actually receive the coaching right and what are some of your thoughts there i guess going through sports like mm-hmm. what how do you either you and your first-hand experience try to be more coachable to these coaches or you know when you're talking to a player or someone that you're coaching what do you expect from them to be more coachable to yeah well i was attributed to like my time at uh um you know wasn't a big recruit but was always in the coach's office like asking like what i need to do what i need to and i try to i found like passing would get me on the court so i want to be the best passer on the team and just talking to coach like how to get on the court and like we talked about last time that full circle yeah. um about like court presence yes right and then there's like different guys you see players who are more talented than me more athletic but are like almost stubborn and stand in their ways mm-hmm. and not willing to to maybe try something different mm-hmm. or work harder in a different skill mm-hmm. and they end up transferring mm-hmm. and then it doesn't always work out for them because they don't learn that uh they don't go through that that you kind of have to like make just do it you just gotta do it Mm -hmm. like whether it's you can't just take the easy road and go to another team yeah like it's not that easy right and then you come back to coaching and then you have girls who are like asking questions how to get better like they know the experience you have Mm -hmm. and then there's others that are just super quiet (laughs) and it's personality too and there's and then you see them like even the quiet ones like they're thinking yeah they're, they're thinkers they're definitely critical thinkers and they're thinking about like I should have done this I should have done that my arm swings need to be here so just trying to communicate that and not trying to overload them with information either yes. it's just like a hard yeah. or it's just a learning balance trying yeah. to balance all that out you know yeah. yeah listening to you and thinking on my experiences too right because you know long time ago when I had to you know i was on a team and had to get yeah. coached but also looking at a lot of the personalities and the people that i coach now mm-hmm. or work with strength and conditioning rehabilitation and there's definitely a lot of different angles that i'm coming from to try to relate to them but also yeah. have them relate to like why something's important mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. and you're right because personality plays a huge role you're gonna have yeah. the really outgoing outspoken one right that yeah. you have to just kind of you know 
yeah calm them down a little yeah, bit yeah we have to like say even keel right yeah, now yeah and then you're you're gonna have the ones that very are very very quiet right yeah when they say a word it's like you know that okay it yeah. must have been super important because they built up all this courage <laughs> to talk to, <laughs> to you actually right? speak but then those those kind of people you know without overwhelming them you got to make them feel like they get a lot of benefit from actually speaking up and all of that so yeah. the coaching aspect two-way street right the mm-hmm. player and the coach there's a lot of things that you learn learn from this and then yeah. it ties back into what you said in the real world right like yeah. communicating and for me too i guess it's kind of interesting when we sit down and talk about this because even for me in my career kind mm-hmm. of mid-career level i do the yeah. exact same thing with like my advisors my mentors you know yeah. it's like yeah, asking yeah. like okay what do i need to do what yeah. kinds of adjustments do i make what advice do you have yeah. and then let's go attack that instead mm-hmm. of just being in your own little bubble right yeah just exactly moving forward without the direction of anyone around you, i know right? yeah and there's so much psychology there that is, you yeah. think and then sometimes you overthink like i got this one girl mm-hmm. we're coaching she's just an overthinker like she's super okay. energetic which is awesome for the team but she's an overthinking i'm just like for her just like keep it simple like, yeah. just next play don't don't yeah. think about your error don't let it snowball just next play just next just like yeah. simple just and sometimes i need that too like just simple yeah. like loose i always had that in my mind just like loose because i then I'd tighten up my shoulder yeah. Yeah. i would tighten up my passing and then i make errors so yes. i just have like one little thing like stay loose yes um and then there's other ones who uh, you, you're right there's different personalities mm-hmm. but that being said like there's no one way to success yeah you know there's guys like michael jordan who have like the most energetic person in the entire world <laughs> and he wins six and then you guys who are just more reserved like tim duncan or like mm-hmm. i don't know maybe you could say tom brady or something yeah. and they're just like consistent and they just get the job done yeah you know what i mean and they have like the same amount of titles yeah you know so there's never one way of success like you need this personality type you only type A people are world champions kind of thing. So it's so much so much to think about though. There's, yeah, there's so many things yeah. to think about. And I think that's really another thing about a good coach, right? Is that yeah. they can see kind of the broader picture or mm. the perspective that maybe the player can't see and then yeah. start to attack it from all these different ways to actually yeah. help that person become stronger or improve or mm. strengthen. You know, um, as you were talking about this, so my episodes it it is a little delayed before it gets released so to be honest we're recording this right after (laughs) super bowl weekend oh yeah so i'm thinking about this because what was super interesting to me Mm -hmm. so of course everyone it's no secret i was pulling for the rounds because i worked (laughs) with stafford for that whole year oh yeah i wanted to see i wanted to see stafford win one i did want to see him he's a great quarterback and stafford is i believe he's like one year younger than me so it's kind of showing my age or dating me a little bit yeah yeah. but then i was like sean mcveigh he's a super young coach so i looked it up and i was like man this guy's 36 i'm gonna be 36 this year (laughs) i'm thinking like how in the world like i'm just thinking taking a a team yeah to the super bowl yeah. and winning a super bowl at age 36 yeah like i mean you know granted you had a lot of success before this yeah but coaching has nothing to do with age because like no. if you think about it some of the players on the rams i mean very few of them but yeah. some of them are older than him well, and he's whitworth is 40 yeah no, he's the oldest liner, player yeah nfl now yeah yeah so. so like all of that you know like when you think about coaching because even for you i'm sure that you're helping or you you know you at least give advice to maybe people yeah, that are yeah. just finishing college or you know some of the players that you play with yeah and coaching can come from 
anybody, I think, as long as you kind of work together in that collaborative yeah. approach. And then that same thing with work, right? Because there's mm-hmm. a lot of times that the manager or whoever, I mean, as you get older, they might be younger than you, right? Yeah. And then it's like, how do, you navigate, <laughs> how do you navigate this, right? But I think if you take the same approach as what you mentioned, like yeah. being either the person being coached or from the coach or mentor's perspective, yeah. it's really about trying to make sure that you guys are working together to achieve some type of outcome or goal. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I remember I was watching after the Super Bowl, uh, Whitworth talked about talk to the broadcasters or whatever, mm-hmm. and then he mentioned uh, like working with Sean McVay and like him helping him, like uh, Sean McVay helping uh, mm-hmm. Whitworth, and then Whitworth say like yeah, and then I would help him out, yeah. and they were like, "What do you mean you're helping the coach? Coach like what do you like? They've never heard that before, right? Yeah. And they're like, "Yeah, he's a young coach. Yeah. He's the first time he's like head coach, and yeah. like." Like he always asks what were questions like yeah. how do I connect to the guys better? What do yeah. we focus on? Like and he just wants to learn as a coach. He's yeah. just super his work ethic there. Yeah. yeah, open-minded too. So like people don't think that. It's all they just think age and wisdom <laughs> yeah. and it's different, you know. Yeah. So there's a lot of things and yeah. you know, there's none of this was planned, but there's so many things that we can go off <laughs> of with some life lessons and that was just on yeah. one aspect of, you know, like working yeah. with a team and we'll kinda of bring it back to that. And even like uh sorry to interrupt you, like no. but even like you said before and we're talking about like playing overseas, mm-hmm. you know, I even added on my resume, like I don't even know how much weight it would carry, but like being able to communicate and work with like all these different people from different countries. Yeah. Like trying to stress that yes. on a resume. I don't know how much weight it pulls, but like I've played with people from like 20 different countries. Yeah. They all speak different language. You know what I mean? And they all think and have different, like process things differently because yep. of the culture they grew up in. Mm-hmm. And like having to change and like motivate someone differently on that as yep. well is very interesting. Yeah. That, no, that's super interesting because like even for us, you know, we don't have those kind of experiences, right? Yeah. That you had through professional sports. And if you think about it, like, that kind of relates to any environment because you're going to have people with all different backgrounds and experiences that you may or may not be able to relate with, right? Yeah. And I think we talked about it the first episode. Like when you went up there, you know, it kind of, even for you, right? Little culture shock, like, whoa, yeah. this is way different from Hawaii, yeah. obviously. But then all of the other people too, even if they're from European countries, mm. they're probably feeling similar ways, right? I mean, yeah. if you think about it, even if we went to like, California is pretty similar to Hawaii, you know, but Mm -hmm. even when you go up there, sometimes when you talk to people, the experiences or the backgrounds are just different. So So it's how do you, how do you actually make that not become an obstacle, right? To Mm -hmm. actually work together. Yeah. And when you put something like, yeah, I've worked with or had to work with 20 different Mm -hmm. people from different countries around the world. Yeah. That to me, that is a lot of life experience that not too many of us get. Yeah. (laughs) It's tough because... Oh, this is a very blunt answer, but mm-hmm. whenever we're, especially at UH, mm-hmm. and I try and, it's not something I implement on the team, but something I always thought of and focus on, like, mm-hmm. as soon as we enter the gym, mm-hmm. it's all about volleyball. Mm-hmm. You know, everyone has something going on with their lives. Everyone has something mm-hmm. going on, something with their family, something with their girlfriend, something with school. Mm-hmm. Everyone has stress outside of volleyball or outside of work. And not letting that affect your game yeah. or affect practice or affect your attitude to a teammate or, or a coworker is super important. I think that's super yeah. important. I don't know if that's just like, I don't know, selfish or, or blunt. I don't know what the word is. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, 
but you know, like you can't come to work angry and you no. definitely can't take something out on a coworker or a teammate that happened to you off the court, right? No. And like, obviously as a coach, you want to stress that too, because you're trying to push these them every day. You're trying to push them every day. And if one person starts break down crying yeah. because of something yeah. that happened off the court, yeah. how, like how are you supposed to know? First of all, we need to address that yep. coming in maybe, but also like we need to maybe leave that at the door. Like this yep. this this gym is a temple, it's a sanctuary. Yeah. And when we're in here, it's, it's all about volleyball. Like just that goes for everything, I think. Yeah. You know? No, that's a really good point. And I think definitely, you know, sports, it does help you do that i think because you know there's yeah. a lot of things that affect emotions or mood or whatever but yeah. you kind of learn how to like just hone in on what you're doing in the moment and yeah not let the external things or outside things affect you too much right mm -hmm. you know everyone's human so it's going to affect you to some aspect yeah. but kind of almost like compartmentalizing like okay i'm at practice i'm going to play now yeah let's just focus in on putting in the work here right yeah instead of having all these other things and and for me too you know i obviously i didn't play in college sports or anything like that mm. but even to this day i think that comes from sports because like yeah. growing up when you go to practice it's like okay let's just focus on practice you know yeah i'm not thinking about i mean maybe sometimes you might be but i'm not thinking about homework i'm not thinking yeah, about yeah, all yeah. this other stuff it's like okay if you're doing something then you just kind of block out everything else right yeah so that's definitely something that i think I would agree sports is very good at teaching you how to like compartmentalize yeah. these areas of your life. Yeah, I think it's important and I think we didn't say but it, it could be inconsiderate to uh -huh. like, but that's not saying we don't care about what's going on mm -hmm. at home and we don't care about your other yep. life, but it's, you can, there's so many different ways to say it, like being in the moment, mm -hmm. staying in the moment kind of thing or, mm -hmm. you know, stuff like that. There's so many different ways just focusing on right now. Yeah. I think that's super important. That's something that you have to learn. Yeah. No, for sure. And there's, yeah, there's a lot of things that I think this is good when you reflect on it, even when athletes, I would say. Mm -hmm. So anyone listening to this episode, you know, just try to think about some of these things that you do automatically, I guess, yeah. when you're training for sports, because the whole goal is to not only apply these lessons to sports, right, but yeah. to apply it to all aspects of your life, even if that's school, even if that's personal, you know, mm -hmm. family friends yeah. whoever and whatever goals that you're working towards too right like socially or yeah. everything else that you're working towards so mm -hmm. i think if we apply a lot of these lessons that's when we can really take the same formula and i know a lot of athletes have come on and talked about this but really you take that same formula that kind of helped you to navigate to be successful yeah. and you apply it to a different vehicle or different means yeah and it's gonna work. really all of the things same things you'll go through it's just mm -hmm. in different obstacles or experiences and then you'll eventually hopefully reach that level of success yeah it's definitely true i mean <clears throat> we talked about it last time just like how do you start on a team you put in more hours than your yep. teammate how do you beat a team you put in more hours than they do to beat them yep. it's all hours and when you go to work it's like it's tough because it is work and work mm -hmm. you know you want to be with your family you want to go play volleyball or something but <laughs> yeah. But putting in that extra hours is going to put you over your coworker. Putting in that extra hours is going to make you more successful at completing this task or being more prepared for the next day. It's just all preparation. Um, and just learning that is, is huge. Because you get people, you know, we can get into a whole other topic about like, <laughs> yeah. you know, everyone wants a shortcut to success. Mm -hmm. Everyone does. Whether mm -hmm. you're an athlete, a businessman, anything. You know, they want to find the next, they want to be the next 
person that purchased Bitcoin or Dogecoin <laughs> yeah. or something and yeah. make a million dollars. And that, all that investment is good, uh-huh. but like they just want a shortcut to success and to life, you know? And that there's always going to be people like that, but there's like the formula has always been there since your parents, your grandparents, like whoever works hardest is going to, is going to get and deserve it. So no, yeah. And with anything there's, I mean, and you know, you could take the gamble and just yeah. hope for the best and maybe you'll find the shortcut but we yeah. know that there's really no shortcut to all of the things that are great yeah. or worth fighting for yeah and when you talk about that too like the time i definitely agree like it's just like that you have to put in the time you have yeah. to make sure that you're pre- preparing to be ready for whatever you need to prepare for right yeah but also we'll kind of branch off into this is like we both know that just because you show up it doesn't mean that you're going to well, get that's it, right? Another thing, and yeah. that's the other thing. That's the other flip side, right? So if you're yeah. one person that, you know, is just like clocking in, clocking out, I mean, yeah, through time, you might gain more experience just on the mm-hmm. years in the company or whatever. Yeah. But then how much did you actually grow in that time span if yeah. you're not like being intentional with how you're improving? Like you said, like the athlete, when you start with a new team or whatever, you're taking the time to put in all of that work yeah but you're also trying to find like you have a lot of drive and motivation to actually be intentional with yeah i want to learn things right yeah and same thing when you're starting your career it's like okay yeah. let's pick up all of these things that you have to learn because it's never ending really mm-hmm. like you can't know everything yeah right i think the well, we talk about personalities and then we talk about there's no one personality to success but the only thing that's similar in everyone is drive yeah. Like whoever has that drive or whatever you call it, grit or work ethic, mm-hmm. it's it's all drive, yeah. right? If you want to be successful, you're passionate yeah. about it, you're obsessed about it, and you do it. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's frustrating hearing people talk about like LeBron James. Okay, this guy's 6'9", like 285 pounds. Like how is he not the best player in the world, right? Yeah. But this guy could have easily been a nobody. He could have easily mm-hmm. been like not in the NBA. Yep. And people don't understand how much hard work it goes into just get to the NBA and even for a bench player in the NBA, yep. you know, how much extra hours it just goes to get that. You know, I firmly believe like, yeah, not like you live in regret, but if you put in more hours, you have to, it's all about yep. sacrifice. You sacrifice friends or you sacrifice family or yep. something. You can have more success. Yep. It's just what kind of life you want to live, you know? Yep. Yeah. It's, Definitely. That's the next topic, I guess, we'll go into is the sacrifice, right? Yeah. With everything that you do, it doesn't matter if it's like you're trying to get a promotion, yeah. you're trying to maybe buy a house, support your family, any, yeah. anything that you do, there's going to typically, right? The, yeah. the majority of the time, you're going to have to sacrifice something, yeah. right? And think about that too. Like, I'm going to have you put your coaching hat back on. Yeah. But think about that with your players too. Mm -hmm. I know you guys are traveling, you know, for tournaments, for club season and all of that. Mm -hmm. And it's one thing to just say, oh, we just want to go to travel and have a good time. Yeah. And it's another thing to be like, okay, come on, let's have a good showing. Let's be competitive. Let's try to win this thing or whatever, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Talk about those two scenarios in terms of sacrifice. So, I mean, I think we talked about the last one. Like when I was in high school, like Mm -hmm. I was obsessed. I was obsessed with sports (laughs) and all that stuff. I never grasped the concept of playing for fun really that's pretty like immature of me i guess but you know like if i'm gonna do something i'm gonna go all in like that's just me um if i'm gonna you know have my parents spend money for practice like we're gonna we're gonna work hard and we're gonna do something right i can't just like you know for me i just can't do that like i see girls like who don't want to play college and we're in like 18s like you know it's for fun it is 
but other girls are obsessed like and it's just tough because for me when i was in high school like i didn't party i didn't do anything like that was an easy sacrifice for me some people it's hard for them to sacrifice that you know and everyone's different and uh like you say with work you know do i do i really want to how bad do i want this promotion like do i sacrifice a family and a marriage like <laughs> like i could be the most the best bill like the, a millionaire a billionaire but most of them are divorced yeah <laughs> so like it's just like it's a balance and it's just yep. everyone's different and what you want what you value everyone is different yep. you know everyone wants different things so yep. it's just what you want and what you value and just like just making the sacrifices to get that yes that's all it is yeah that's very true because like you said things are people value different things or find different things important yeah. in life um we're getting really deep right now but it is, yeah it is having <laughs> some kind of balance you know so that you can you know you're not just going through the motions and then you know yeah, not yeah, accomplishing yeah. anything but it's finding yeah definitely i think we both can relate to that you know like yeah. finding the right balance of sacrifice that's all but is. not expecting things to just be handed to you or getting it for free yeah, yeah. for sure yeah now okay so thinking about that too what are some of the other big life lessons and maybe this is later in your career, right? Maybe mm. it happened in that last few seasons of pro ball. Yeah. But what are some other life lessons that you think you're definitely applying to your work now and it's mm. definitely helping you to succeed or learn more faster? Yeah. yeah. I think, well, I mean, I think we touched on it, but the biggest one, and we definitely talked about it last time, is just like focusing on what's in your control. Yeah. I think we, we definitely touched that on, on yeah. that already, but you know that was the biggest thing like everyone always says that when you're younger, just focus on your control don't worry about them just focus but you know i never really learned it or kind of accepted it until i started playing pro mm-hmm. you know there's so much out of control like the bus schedule's messed up we got to travel <laughs> through this seats like we're not i'm not playing you're not spoiled either right yeah. but you know this coach does this like just okay you got to go work harder you got to go communicate with them better like yeah. it's just you can only focus on what's in your control in work you know being a project engineer like there's stressful days mm-hmm. there's a lot there's stuff that doesn't go right yeah. and at the end of the day like you can't go in the past like we just have to worry about the now and fix it now so we just yeah. got to fix it like there's always a solution and just to move forward yeah it's just kind of like that's the biggest takeaway for me i was talking to a friend he got a contract to play in india okay. actually and uh just the one advice just like focus on your what's in your control you know there's going to be all this stuff if your team starts losing mm-hmm. um winning solves everything <laughs> yeah. but if you start losing they're going to start nitpicking like yeah. you know not putting enough effort here or there they're just going to nitpick so many little things mm-hmm. so just focus on your control make sure you're doing it right it's yeah. all you can do and just yeah. do your job so well first thing yeah i didn't even know that they had a professional league in india i didn't know either <laughs> yeah. actually apparently yeah. it's uh <laughs> Apparently it's pretty cool. There's different rules apparently. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. We gotta look it up on YouTube or something. It's more like a showcase, I think. <laughs> it's a show- yeah. And then the second thing is like, yeah, that's I mean it's so cliche, right? But it's so true is like you can't dwell on all the things that you can't control and get all bent out of shape and then it yeah. affects your performance or affects your progress. You just right? lose energy. Yeah, and then you're exactly it's wasted energy yeah. in the wrong area when you can focus on all the things that you can control. Yeah. It's funny too because when you say you give these examples, right? There's so many things, no matter how much you try to make yeah. game day or the season perfect, mm-hmm. it's not gonna be perfect. There's no. gonna be all of these obstacles that definitely are going to test you right yeah or even be you know like lead to coping with adversity right because mm-hmm. there's so many things that 
that affect you on a daily basis. Yeah. Now, this is kind of going off on a tangent, but maybe just a funny story for those that are still listening. When you say about, you know, the bus breaking down and stuff. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Maybe I'm just uh, a little disappointed that football is done now. So maybe that's why I'm thinking about all of this. But that does actually happen because one time yeah. I was in Detroit. So we had to drive from our practice facility oh to the stadium. It's about a 25-minute drive or something, 20-minute drive or so. Okay. But we're in traffic, right? Because everyone's going to the game. Yeah. So in the on the freeway, underneath like an overpass, yeah. yeah, we had two buses. The bus that I was on actually stalled in traffic. <laughs> so then we're like, okay. So then they're sending another bus. Yeah. So it was, I think, it was like a little kind of more narrow section of the freeway so it was only like three or four lanes yeah so we had two buses stopped and we were all getting off the bus on the freeway with the police escort and we have to move everything from bus two to (laughs) bus one and wait for another bus and then everyone's watching us like this is so sad but that's exactly the kind of things that happen i think it happens to everybody it's real yeah yeah that it's like no matter how much you try to plan things perfectly yeah. no one can predict that the bus is gonna stall right it's like yeah. you would think that it's, it's just like operating a <laughs> and then there's guys who are like alright I know it's 25 minutes to the stadium I'm gonna listen to like these 5 songs or whatever <laughs> yeah, like yeah. these 10 songs yeah. in order like this is my routine right yeah. and then as soon as something goes on it's like alright I don't know what songs to, <laughs> what, other, what other songs to listen to yeah. and like they get thrown out of the routine yeah. and yeah. it kind of like just messes them up totally yeah. in the head um that's I'm, just some I'm funny glad, stuff. I'm glad that you said that too. So a follow-up question to that. <laughs> With you as an athlete or what you preach yeah. to your players that you coach, right? Mm. Are you one that believes everything has to be so regimented before a game and, you know, like superstitious in a way? Or are you just more like, no, I just want to be as relaxed as possible so I can perform? Because that's an interesting thing. It's usually yeah, I on think one end of the spectrum. There, yeah, my personality type is very OCD and very kind of like uh, processed. Like yeah. I'm an engineer, so that's just how my brain works. Yeah, yeah. You know, like I remember, like we had brought in a psychologist in college, and they were talking mm-hmm. about like like just eating pasta every time, like mm-hmm. just having the same meal. Yeah, like having that routine, and I started picking up, and I really need that. Like mm-hmm. I need to go, like sometimes when I don't have a good warm up. Okay. like I need to build that confidence it's all about momentum like yeah. I need that confidence I'm kind of like a rhythm player mm-hmm. I, I started realizing that later on and I need to get in that rhythm and start building that rhythm from the, the start Got it. even before we're on the court mm-hmm. you know like getting the headphones on just kind of getting in my zone yeah. uh, looking over the plays like just going through it in my mind mm-hmm. like what I want to do the first shot and stuff or I need that 10 just 10 passes so I can get confidence Got passing it. back and forth 10 sets so like alright setting's good check that off passing's good check Got that it. off there's guys like alright stop acing me I just want to feel like a good pass <laughs> and like get, I get a kill and then I like, and then we go we'll play Got and then there's guys who just like more free than that which yep. I'm very envy of <laughs> because I can't do it's that it's very different yeah yes. so for athletes that are like you that yeah. you have this routine and they want to mm-hmm. feel good about all of the warm up yeah. tasks and all of this yeah when it doesn't go good on those tougher days Mm -hmm. how do you snap out of it or how do you fight through that what's some of your strategies i guess just start building from zero like just start building that rhythm you know um yeah i'll be like 
like that warm up UH it's a very long warm up but like you're playing and maybe your teammate blocks you and you like you know, one day you get a kill and then you're just you have so much momentum your first set in the real game you like bounce the ball and that's just not realistic yeah. to like expect to bounce the ball so no matter what how it goes like smart first shot that's why I kind of always talk to my girls mm-hmm. coaching like first serve smart first serve smart first swing and then let's go because if we make an yeah. error we start overthinking we start snowballing yeah. Same with passing, like, they're not going to, even though we watch a lot of film, mm-hmm. like, they're not going to serve their strongest serve on their first serve. Yeah. Like, let's be realistic. Like, mm-hmm. it's going to be in. Yeah. So let's just be smart. Like, just play smart and play simple. Yeah. Um, that's basically it. Yeah. Yeah. No, there's there's a lot of great things there. Yeah. And we'll kind of bring it back into, you know, what you're doing now and how it's yeah. uh, tailoring to life. But think about, like, you talked about expectations or you just mentioned it a little yeah. bit. But expectations are huge, I feel like, with any situation in life. Yeah. And it's not undershooting and having super low expectations so you feel good about yourself, right? Yeah. But well, there's people like, that do that. There's people that love to do yeah, that, which I don't like to do. Yeah. I think that's personality, too, because I don't yeah. like to do that. I'm more one that's tried to reach for yeah. the highest expectations, even if it seems a little bit more like yeah. it's a super far reach. Mm-hmm. But also, you don't want to set expectations that are like nearly impossible to mm-hmm. achieve like we're, we're not talking about the big term goal or the big yeah. picture goal right yeah, we're yeah. talking about like you know like practicing like what are you yeah. accomplishing in practice this yeah. week what are you accomplishing in this month or whatever yeah and i think a lot of that expectations carries over to a lot in life but yeah is there anything that you want to touch on with expectations yeah. for work or anything the weird part is it's all relative it right is. like yeah. your expectations are different than mine even though yeah. if we're in the same point of our lives even yeah. if we're in the same age even yeah. if we're in the, playing the same sport yeah. like expectations are different yeah. um i think that was really cool about Punahou mm-hmm. is like we brought we always had talk with like psychologists like not every day not every week but every once in a while it'd be like chris mclaughlin he was like an ad at Punahou for a while yeah. uh one with stanford like he's just a really smart intelligent guy and it would just be a lot of like long-term goals and short-term goals and just having those like i want to go play professional volleyball when i'm older that's a long-term goal how am i going to get there all right let's make these short-term goals Mm -hmm. same with usa volleyball we talk about that all the time like we want to win the tournament all right now how do we get there right do we need to better our passing we need to get more connection with our hitters stuff like that so just realizing that there's a difference and not just having one goal yeah. you know I want to be a millionaire <laughs> yeah. alright cool that's a good goal but <laughs> you know how do we get there yeah so everything that you said right there I mean I apply that yeah to this day right it's like it's a little cheesy a, but people don't do that yeah looking you know? at a bigger goal and breaking it up into manageable steps that you can work towards yeah. and I think like one thing that you know I see this I don't want to say often but I see this like enough i guess when you're going through the process in the early stage and i mean it's for anybody right if i start something new i would probably make this mistake too Mm -hmm. a lot of times you have this big long-term goal that you set yeah but you just don't realize how much effort and work and everything that's going to take right yeah and i think that's when you break down things you start to still push yourself like Mm -hmm. i'm not saying not to push yourself but find out how can I actually realistically work in this direction? Yeah. And for a lot of young athletes, that's one of the things that I would say is it's good to dream. Like I want everyone to dream and have these goals. Yeah. But you have to be able to match that with effort 
and yeah. intensity and work ethic, right? All of that yeah. has to match mm-hmm. you going to that goal because that's how you're going to make it the most realistic for you to accomplish it. Yeah. If you're just saying, like, I don't know, I want to be a billionaire or a millionaire or whatever, yeah. but you just keep saying that. Yeah. I don't know. Like, we can manifest it, but, yeah. like, I don't yeah, know. I don't like, know to that extent. Yeah. yeah. But you have to actually know, okay, like, this is the amount of effort, sacrifice, mm-hmm. work ethic. That's yeah. what it's going to take. And you have to match that to what you're shooting for, right? Yeah, and I think on top of that is, you know what else feels good? Like accomplishing goals. Yeah. Like, so making short goals that are like realistic and achievable and obtainable, which is something that they kind of stress, like those kind of, I forget the acronym or whatever. Yeah, smart goals, I think, or something. Yes, exactly. Like that feels good and it feels rewarding and then you go to your next goal. Another goal is like, on top of that, you know, people only set materialistic goals, which is tough. Because when I was, especially when I was younger, like, all right, I want to be like all state by a sophomore Mm -hmm. or like player of the year by a junior or something like that. You know what I mean? And I never achieved that. (laughs) But uh, to get to that success, you also need to be like, all right, I need to be able to pass this speed of a serve um, to be able to get on the court. I need to be able to hit this hitting percentage to achieve uh to go to the playoffs you know what i mean so stuff like that i'm not a big stats guy but to to make those goals is also really important yeah yeah that's super key so now once you know that like you know the example of like i need to be able to handle these kinds of serves or pass these types of balls yeah now you have something specific that you're going to work on and actually yeah. put all your energy in that fashion mm-hmm. and that's how you're going to reach some of the dreams that you and have. that's what confidence is you don't get that's confidence true. over nope. like this trophy yeah. you get confidence over like actually diving this pass yes you know yes. and be like all right i can do this yeah you know? that is that is so true you know man. so it's so. just a different you have to be very a lot of people are very uh their motivation is external mm-hmm. instead of internal, internal yeah. and the best players or best people are very internally motivated yeah which is something that some people learn have to learn too yeah yeah as you say that for those of you that take a look at i don't know how many episodes before this it'll be but a couple guest interviews before this earlier yeah. this year so we talked to ivan flores you don't know ivan flores but anyway he's a little older than me we're kind yeah. of dating ourselves, but this was before social media and all of this. So yeah. when he trained and he was a fighter, when he trained, he said that you truly had to enjoy the process. Like you don't need anyone watching you. You don't yeah. need to post this or anything. Yeah. And it's kind of that same thing, like intrinsic motivation. Like mm-hmm. you just truly enjoy to today. I could do this better than yesterday. Like that yeah. simple thing. Like no, that stuff that. frustrates me. <laughs> yeah. It does. Yeah, I don't know if I want. It. You can go. I'm yeah. sorry to interrupt no, you. No, no, you can. I mean, Joe Burrow just said it. Like yeah. the Super Bowl, right? Uh-huh. They're like one thing to tell like younger athletes, like don't worry about social media. Basically, don't worry about social media. No. Work hard behind closed doors yeah. and make it show on the field. And that's basically all it is. You know, you go to see like people posting workout videos, like off season videos, and like. Yeah. And it's hard because like people are like oh like they're working hard like that's good you know but it's that's not that's how not life reality. works yeah. Yeah. yeah it doesn't like all the hard work is not pretty yeah it's not it's, it's not pretty at all sometimes yeah. it's not even worth posting on social <laughs> yeah. media because that's, you're just dying on yeah. the field and like you're just dead that's and it's so you're funny, not even yeah. gonna post that like yeah. it's just you're yeah. not gonna win a Super Bowl by like crushing this workout and not sweating yeah <laughs> you know like it's just so. Yeah. 
I don't know. It's tough and it's frustrating because you see, you. I've definitely played with people, you know, and even if they're like better than me too, it's just it's frustrating to see someone so obsessed with that. And you know, it's okay to like gain followers, but like, yeah, I think uh, the interesting thing with that too, because I agree with you. I'm one that you know, no one needs to see what you're doing. Like you just do it for yourself, and it's gonna show eventually. People should only see the outcome. Yeah. Yeah. But it's interesting with social media, too, because he also brought up a different point that it's kind of foreign to all of us. But I think we're going to see athletes, too, that maybe that's their it's not their intrinsic motivation, but that's yeah. the external motivation yeah. that yeah. actually pushes them They're further than them, what yeah. they would do. But yeah. at the same time, still, yet you still need to do things when no one's looking. I think yeah. that's the common yeah. denominator right there is to yeah. make sure that you're doing putting in the work because I laugh because a lot of things you see what I do at rehab. Yeah. What I do at rehab, it's not, majority of it is not flashy. It's like, if yeah. you posted that, people would be like, what is this doing? Yeah. But it's making the most, it's like the most effective way yeah, yeah, yeah. to help you to get to your goal. I mean, I mean, it's not like Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> yeah. doing a bench press. Like, okay, yeah. I want to be like that guy, right? And like, you it's can't like, do that every day either. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So there's so many things like, you know, just think about that. I think for any athlete, no matter what your driving force is, it's yeah. like, you're gonna have to put in a a lot of work behind closed doors when no one's watching you and it's about doing the right things consistently over and over when no one is watching you yeah and then the second thing about that too is when you see all of these great performances from these athletes i guarantee you that's not the first time that they're doing it oh no yeah and that's the thing it's like they put in so many hours of practice like you mentioned before and that's why they can actually do that consistently consistently and perform at that level right it's not like oh i just rolled out of bed and then magically i did this for the first time he's just athletically gifted he can hit all the he can like russell wilson can just walk out of bed and just like throw the best uh yeah uh, in that skills game right he just hit all those hoops like he's just so athletic no that's not how that's not how it works yeah and then even like like if you're externally motivated like mm-hmm. the sad part is everyone's externally motivated when they grow up yeah. like you you start with your parents approval you start with others approval and like that's why you get into sports or something yeah. right like yeah. that's how yeah. it starts yeah. and then you get social media but like say you don't get so many likes on a f- video <laughs> is that gonna unmotivate you to like work out that's now true. you know like that's is weird. that gonna dictate your work ethic yeah likes yeah so like you got to be internally that, motivated. Yeah, that I completely agree. Yeah. External motivation is going to run out at some point. It in does time. run out, and then yeah. that's where you're really going to know what you're made of by yeah. how intrinsically motivated you are. We can sure. get into it too. Like internal motivation runs out yep. as well. Like it's always like middle of the season. It's like oh my god, <laughs> this season feels so long. Yes. And like, do I really want to go to 6 a.m. weights right now? And losing you know, will make it even amplified and oh, worse. Losing sucks, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But like, everyone's different. I always had like motivation videos on YouTube, uh-huh. like some Nike ads that I loved. Yep. And like, that just like picked me up. Like, yep. I, my favorite one was like Rise and Shine Nike ad. Like, it's just yep. so simple and like, it just works for me. Yep. So, like, finding something that works for you when you're like just. Like, I don't want to work out today kind of thing, right? I would say that as, like, my alarm. (laughs) So, it's tough, though. It's tough. It is tough. Yeah. That's super good, too. And that's something that, even for myself, I've been trying to do that more and more lately. I think that's maybe one of the good features that you can save certain things on social media or whatever or YouTube. But, yeah, I'm encouraging my athletes to do that, too. Like, find these 
little snippets to just flip that switch get yeah. you motivated if it's a rough day kind of talking about what we did before right don't let yeah. the external things that happen in your day yeah. affect your workout or your practice or yeah you know even worse your game right yeah. so having those little things whether it's music videos quotes i don't know anything yeah. right that kind of really gets you to find that inner motivation mm-hmm. or that drive again so that you can perform yeah and it runs out so i mean yeah. you got to find something that helps you and yeah. find that out because it, it it does get tiring obviously working out five days a week and it just yeah. gets exhausting going yeah. to work in general gets exhausting so yeah finding your motivation like wondering like knowing why you're doing this yeah. like giving yourself like find that purpose like yeah. like i didn't need to go and work out like five days a week and play volleyball to have a happy life like, uh-huh. but like why am i doing it i love it you know what i mean stuff yeah. like that and something why well, i just remembered what i forgot earlier yeah. like even with chris mclaughlin just like before games he talked about like filling yourself up with like three different levels okay it'd be like um your physical level your mental level and got then it. always like emotional level got it and people never talk about emotional level mm-hmm. Like making sure you're at your, this is all like peak performance stuff. So making yep. sure you're at your physical best, best before a game, not too tight, not too loose, yep. stuff like that, in shape, right? Then mentally prepared, game plan, all that stuff. But yep. just emotionally, like, you know, you could be like best shape, but if your like girlfriend just broke up with you, you're like emotionally drained or yeah. something, like you're not going to perform your yeah. best too. So like that goes back to motivation, like having that purpose. Yeah. You know, and that's not really mental. It's more emotional. Just yeah. having that perp- sense of purpose, why you're doing this, what is your goals, yeah, mm-hmm. stuff like that. Yeah, there's so many things. And I think that's the one common theme that I try to share on this podcast, right, is that yeah. peak performance, there's infinite amount of variables yeah. that need to come together to actually have you perform yeah. your best, right? Yeah, yeah. It doesn't matter if it's like... A game in high school right or if you're yeah. at the super bowl even right you mm-hmm. need a lot of things and then again it's not saying that everything's gonna go perfect but you control all of the things that you can control like we talked about mm-hmm. and it's so multifactorial that yeah. yeah emotional level is huge for physical performance yeah. yeah along those lines i do want to touch on kind of at the end since you're coaching more right yeah okay. we talked about that a little bit but now you get to share all of these experiences yeah to hopefully help you know in a positive way help these hopefully yeah help these <laughs> athletes improve not only on the court but off the court as well yeah. and then take some of these lessons that we've both learned right through athletics mm-hmm. as they navigate their career whether that's in volleyball or whether that's being an engineer or whatever it is, yeah, right? yeah so your coaching kind of approach and style what is it that you really try to help these young what well what age are you coaching for 18s 18 okay so, so that, that helps for college yeah yeah so we're we're very excited to have 18s because yeah. i'm like i don't want to go to like 12s or something Got yeah it. like i've played professional volleyball like i want to see some and i know there's a lot yeah. of obstacles so yeah we're trying to keep it as positive as possible <laughs> so when your players listen to this they're like oh yeah Kupono is super positive yeah <laughs> but um what are some of the things that you're finding maybe in the past few years that it's like you know this is making a positive impact on them yeah um well it's very rewarding for starters um just hearing them and it's very saying that like they just love to be coached by you or it's refreshing to have a coach that's like gives them a certain freedom on the court whereas some coaches are very strict Mm -hmm. very robotic um very humbling though because you know you play for so many years you know how i know who i am as an athlete and i don't know who i am as a coach yeah 
you know, what kind of st- coaching style I really bring. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I've had like hard ass coaches. I've yeah. had soft, very methodical thinking coaches. Uh-huh. And what is the best one? Like there's good coaches in both, you know, yeah. like, but what am I? You know, and I've always, I'm very methodical, obviously, I'm an engineer, and I always thought, like, if I had information uh-huh. when I was younger, mm-hmm. like, I would have been 10 times better. Yeah. You know, the sooner I get this information, the sooner a coach or someone teaches me, or if I learn it sooner, I would have been way better. Like, mm-hmm. so that's something I try and instill with them, just more technique and skills and just, like, try and get that IQ. Yeah. You know, there's some coaches who who let the kids play and let them figure it out for themselves, mm-hmm. which I think is super important. I, I try to do that too, but it's always like, hey, this is the situation that just that you were just in. Mm-hmm. This is These are your options, and this is probably the best option. Yeah, You know what I mean? Yeah. This girl isn't gonna bomb or serve. Yeah. Like this, and then we just serve this girl, let's keep it on her. Like, let's not change it. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Let's not go somewhere else. Yeah. Like that's, you know, stuff mm-hmm. like that that you need to, that I've learned over the career, like, but it's all simple stuff. Yeah. But that I started volleyball so late, mm-hmm. and just age-wise, I wish I started younger, yeah. and I would have learned a lot sooner. I feel like yeah. I always just think about that. So yeah. I always, that's kind of what I always think about when I'm coaching. That's, yeah, that's good to hear. I mean, thanks for sharing that because all of our experiences, like we said, that really formulates our coaching style plus all of the other yeah. things that we've been exposed to. Mm-hmm. But even. I think I approach it similarly because, I mean, obviously I'm not the biggest guy. You know, I'm not going to yeah. be competitive at super high levels unless yeah. it's like something that size doesn't really matter, like baseball or something. I don't yeah. know. But that's what I played the longest, ironically. Soccer. Or Soccer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but when I think about it too, like I have to rely so much more on technique, and I like I gravitated yeah. to all of the coaches that were very technical, and you kind of mentioned that too in yeah, your career. Yeah, I did too. Yeah. So being more technical even when i'm doing exercises you know like getting people to understand the importance of the technique that's always been good for me even for weightlifting right like there's no way i'm gonna be able to be efficient and lift the heaviest that i can if i have poor technique i'm not gonna be like the same guy that's like yeah six five 250 pounds right? yeah that's just definitely. like whatever i can just push this up anytime right so like for <laughs> like, me it's always been that technique aspect yeah and I, I just, you know, reflecting or being introspective a little bit, I realize now that like, okay, this is why I approach it like this. Mm-hmm. But then it becomes challenging because not everyone's gonna receive it the same way, right? Yeah, that's the hard part. Um, like we went back to just, you, you, you have to cater to everyone. How, yep. how weird that is. And I didn't figure out that for a while. Like when I was at UH, like I would address every teammate the same. And yep. <laughs> whether that's super aggressive or moderately <laughs> aggressive. Like I was just very, uh, like I was very intense. Cause they were going to the beach. Yeah, <laughs> something like that. You know what I mean? Just like, I'm just an intense player. Yeah. Coaching is a little different and you need to well you need to learn that obviously in the real world too and you learn that with maturity but i'm very methodical and i'm very technical i'm not the most athletic guy Mm -hmm. um and i'm gonna beat this person with consistency no you know that's just how i win and that's my strength and just using that strength um i can't really relate to just like super athletic people that just can go over people like (laughs) you know i have to win with i have to win differently yeah and just knowing that and accepting that is something too as well but coaching is uh is a learning experience definitely because like we said before like people receive it differently Mm -hmm. everyone receives it a little differently and that being said like especially when you grow up like Mm -hmm. when you start playing college and stuff 
even if like I'm yelling at you, you need to be able to receive that message. Yeah. Yeah. You know, everyone speaks it differently too, uh-huh. whether like they, they don't know how to cater, but being a listener is in your control yeah. and knowing that this person is just trying to help you, even if they're mm-hmm. presenting it in a different, yeah. difficult manner, like you need to know that they're helping you and you need to accept it and like be receptive of it, yeah. of it as well. And not take it so personal. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. You know, exactly. I think listening to all of this too, because we've had, you know, Micah obviously come on. Yeah. Tui. Yeah. You know, all people that you grew up playing with, even though they're we're all different. You, yeah. You guys are all different, but I think you guys are all very technical. You know, like the mm. cohesiveness and the yeah. style of, well, I shouldn't say style of play, but like how you guys been brought up, I think, mm. with similar coaches and all of that. Yeah. That's interesting because... You know, you guys all have gone, you know, in your own kind of strengths and weaknesses and paths. Yeah. But I think the coaching style that you guys all grew up playing with yeah. has been very similar that set this base for you guys. Maybe, yeah. Uh, maybe, maybe, yeah. Maybe, uh, maybe it's a Hawaii thing. I don't maybe know. Maybe it's a Hawaii thing, yeah. No, I, th- I think we're a little different uh, personality-wise. Yeah. Tui is very reserved. Yeah. Um, yes. But, man, this guy is so smart. Like, he's always in the right position. No one needs to tell him what to do yeah. like people will be yelling at me but like Tui will do it perfectly like yeah. she, you know what I mean and Micah is uh, Micah is Micah's a warrior man this yeah. guy is unreal yeah. and he has another switch that he can go to and yeah. if that competitive switch comes on like you're not winning like this guy <laughs> is done. he's talented man yeah. yeah he's he's built different got it yeah and so the other question that we have to kind of end on yeah is that so we had Tessa on, your okay. girlfriend. Yeah. So Tessa's actually the head coach on paper yeah, and, she is, and yeah. not on paper. I'm the water boy. Yeah, yeah. yeah we're talking yeah. a lot about coaching, but yeah. in reality, Tessa's so, the head coach. So how I is don't, that? How that is, is that, a good point. That how is, is a good that point. A dynamic? Navigating that because you guys are different players too, right? Yeah. And even, I have to learn this, but men's volleyball and women's volleyball, it's two different things, yeah. right? Like strategy and all of that, technique yeah. and stuff. So how, how is the navigation between you and Tessa coaching the team together? And yeah. Oh, this is super there. humbling too. I'm up here talking about coaching, coaching, coaching. But in reality, yes, I am the assistant coach. I'm basically yeah. just a water boy. Um, no, but I, I really love coaching with her. Uh-huh. We're, our personalities are different. Our coaching styles are different. Mm-hmm. And exactly, I came from men's side. She came from women's side. Yeah. Um, and I really wanted to touch on that too, men and women, how they're so different. It's yeah. really interesting to me, actually. Um, yeah. But first off, yeah, it's good. But there are times, like you said, like, I'm like, why are we doing this? We can't do this. She's like, it's women's volleyball. This works in women's volleyball. We need to do this. I'm like, why is this? Like, why does it work? Like, I go in there all the time about setting pipe. Okay. Out of system, we're setting pipe. And okay. she'll watch it. She'll get mad at me. But we're setting pipe out of system. And then I'm like, why is there not a triple block? And we're 18. So like, why is there not a triple block on this pipe? There's still no one up. And how is this person getting a kill? Like, how are... The power difference? Or I, I don't know volleyball that but well. But even so. that, like... <laughs> Okay, if I'm getting a pipe set in a men's out of system, there's gonna be they're gonna respect it and they're gonna be a triple block. Yeah. And I'm still gonna try and hit it as hard as I can. Like that's just men's <laughs> volleyball. Yeah. And like girls will go down and try and play defense more, but then the girls are so technical that they'll hit the deep corner super perfectly. Okay. And the defense can't dig it. Like I don't understand how that how that works in a women's game. <laughs> Got First it. of all, like men's volleyball, you gotta play to the front row. Okay. Like, because there's going to be some big block up there. So yeah. you want to get it as tight as net as you can so that you can play off the hands or yeah. have a good shot. 
you know, I just don't understand. She'll just get frustrated. I'm going on a tangent right now, but I still don't understand how it works. Well, these are like, some of the real life obstacles is, and yeah, clashes. That's the main one. Because there yeah. should just be a triple block, and then if this person tips, we get a free ball. But then the tips go down. Yeah. I don't understand how this yeah. is going to kill. Yeah. Like, I don't get it. Yeah. So there's a difference. Um, sorry, I'm going on a rant right now. No, that's good. The biggest thing is I always I was coaching boys, and then I started coaching girls with Tessa. And I wanted to see like which I liked more. Got it. You know, mm-hmm. obviously boys is more physical mm-hmm. and like it's more about attacking and serving, um, which volleyball girls is too. Mm-hmm. But it's super defensive. And the thing is, it's almost no disrespect to anyone, but it's more rewarding to coach girls mm-hmm. at this age because of their maturity. Mm-hmm. They kind of just say yes, coach, and they do it. Got it. You know, and I can be. Yeah. a better coach you know what I mean and I can actually coach them whereas guys they want to play for fun they want to have fun the same when I was a kid <laughs> yeah, yeah. like they don't it doesn't click until college got it for boys whereas girls it clicks sooner mm-hmm. you know and I think that's really interesting that girls can like they, they're more serious about club volleyball than yeah. boys are 1000% got it and it's more rewarding as a coach that is interesting yeah because I mean well everyone's going to be different right but yeah. I can see the boys just joking around like, giving you some wise remarks yeah challenging you <laughs> definitely they definitely challenge authority and i'll make a run i don't care yeah. like yeah but so, it's more like it's a bad pass it's a bad set why are we trying to swing it as hard as we can like they just want to swing yeah you know and that's just i was like that too like i don't know what it is like you know what i mean like i'm like i can't really yell at them because that's how i was yeah. but so it's very interesting you know about. thinking about that and then now you guys this coaching dynamic yeah so we gotta see a little bit because maybe some of your players might listen in and have a yeah, little yeah. laugh. But who's kind of the who's the good cop, bad cop? I guess who's the one that's always getting on them, and, <laughs> and who's the one that's always on their side? What's surprising is I'm the good cop okay. because if anyone's played with me, they probably yeah. think I was a bad cop. No, uh-huh. I'm just saying. But she's more, and she's a girl mm-hmm. too. It's hard for me to kind of yeah. bark at them. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Force it. Where she's been there, she is a girl. Yeah she can kind of lay down the law a little easier mm-hmm. you know um so yeah she's definitely the bad cop i'm definitely the good cop but it's also <laughs> coaching style too she's yeah. more like mm-hmm. like let's get this done i'm a little more like we talked about technical yeah strategic yeah well, that's interesting and i i think we'll leave it on you know before which is a good balance with, though it is it's a, a good, good balance, balance. Yeah, yeah you need that i think yeah. with any coaching staff or any yeah. team um and thinking about that how long has how long have you guys been coaching together is this the second uh, season? Or first uh, season? I don't think the first season counted. Oh, this is like the first official <laughs> the first, season. Like, yeah. full season, club season. Our, so, uh, documentary's coming out on Netflix. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, think, you know what, like, you know, this short time that you guys have yeah. been coaching together, because you guys mm-hmm. have your own coaching styles, running clinics and all of that. Yeah, it's different. What, what kinds of things have you learned, either from Tessa or that you've learned coaching with her too, because you guys know each other really well and you know your guys' games, right? Yeah. What you bring to the table. So what are some of the things that you've learned, you know, from this coaching experience? From with her or just yeah. in general or? Maybe with her, cause you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Geez, I learned a lot from her. She's a really good coach. Mm-hmm. I like coaching with her a lot. Yeah. I don't really know how to describe it um, specifically. Yeah. Because like the girls just respect her. Mm-hmm. She practices uh, she plans practices very well yeah. and she just knows how to win like she's just a good coach yeah. and I'm just learning from her like how to talk to the players too and stuff like that 
because I'm very like I try to be positive and like yeah stuff um but sometimes it can be too positive like we need to mm. we need to really work on this and we yeah. can't let the girls slack off today kind of thing yeah. right yeah. so yeah i definitely learned a lot from her yeah yeah no, that's good and i mean you know i hope the team does well when you guys are traveling yeah, and too. all of these other tournaments and yeah hopefully it goes well from the coaching <laughs> side and from the performance side yeah yeah yeah, yeah but um no, I, no we I, definitely got a couple of yellow cards <laughs> yellow cards oh yeah wait who got the yellow cards uh it's probably both of us oh, both of yeah. you guys. yeah just like how do you even get a yellow card i guess because if it's not directed at the other team or yeah. anything like well i don't know well this ref was just being <laughs> very particular i will say and then yeah. some bad calls and we'll just <laughs> some, that. yeah there are some bad calls and some decision making some got poor it. decisions <laughs> got it got yeah it. but yeah. it's pretty funny it's a good learning experience yeah it's a good learning experience i mean you guys are fired up too just as much as the players so yeah yeah, yeah. but sometimes that's what or, you need right you need a coach that's going to stand up for you but yeah. just not get ejected <laughs> yeah. yeah we can't let that happen yeah yeah um no we're definitely trying to think about just coaching styles like do we want to be that reserved coach on the bench that like just looks like i prepared my team fully and they mm -hmm. can win like almost without me in the game you know like yep. you see kind of coaches like yep. that and then you see like super animated coaches that are always in the game and just like passionate yeah you know yeah. and like i don't know if i want to be like that coach just sitting on the bench the whole game yeah, like i yeah. feel like that's just lazy yeah i don't you think know? that's in your personality too. i don't think that's in my personality yeah. but i also like is this are these girls getting the most out of it if i'm just that's sitting true. on the bench mm -hmm. yep. during the game and like all right we'll make adjustments but like just yeah. letting them play and it's that whole psychology like letting them learn on their own yeah but then it's that whole thing of like guiding them am i lazy you know? like am i doing my job <laughs> that's like, true you that know true like too, yeah. mm -hmm. like i don't know it's just different it's just a different style that's yeah. all and what works is i don't know yeah well, I mean, it's it's great that you're helping all of these young athletes, right? And yeah. I'm sure they're soaking up all the knowledge and experience that you guys are sharing with them. And Hopefully, yeah. It's exciting to see this is how you get to still stay around the game yeah. in close vicinity and you know, mm -hmm. pass on some of pay it forward, right, to the younger yeah, generation. Yeah, that's definitely what it is. Yeah. And last thing we'll leave off is like, we kind of talked about this last time, but is there any last words of wisdom for me upcoming athletes or anybody that's listened to us ramble on for an hour <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and like what's the take-home message here what do you want to pass on to the younger generation well the take-home message that we've talked about twice already is just yeah. focus on what, it's what's in your control yeah. you know and i wish i learned that sooner mm -hmm. i wish i took more advantage of all my coaches more mm -hmm. learned from them and you know you want to have fun but like it's a process yeah and it's gonna and then the, the people who put in especially at a younger age the people that put in more hours are more successful that's just how it, that's just the formula to success mm -hmm. it is like no matter what you think that's just what it is you know and so just focusing on what's in your control going to practice showing up on time and yeah. doing everything right that's yeah. the main thing that is that's great words of wisdom and yeah. you know i hope everyone I mean, I know everyone, no matter where you are in life, can take away from something from this episode. Everyone's you know? heard it too, yeah. but it's kind of like you need that thing to make it flip. Yeah. Yes. And everyone's heard can, that. So. Yeah. And take all of this and apply it. And I mean, no, thanks for, you know, I know you're busy. Uh, we're both busy. Yeah, we're both busy. <laughs> we're, both in, we're both in. I can, you know, speak on your behalf, I think, too, a little bit. We're both yeah. in 
way different and better places than what we were the definitely first episode. different yeah definitely yeah. better and you know we're enjoying it but i appreciate you know every guest especially you coming on and yeah. i believe that you're gonna go to coach after this so, <laughs> yeah we got coaching so right can, now. yeah share uh or apply some of these things that we talked yeah. about to help coach yeah, better i'll be thinking a lot about on the car yeah. ride over there yeah. <laughs> but overall i mean thanks so much for joining me again and can't wait we'll probably have to do this one time yeah let's have part three yeah Yeah. part three yeah but thanks so much yeah thanks for having me it's an honor so my pleasure